Let us pray. Lord, as we prepare to look into your word today, that you would give us illumination, that you open up our spiritual eyes so that we might see the glories of your word. Lord, as we touch on this subject tonight, it's a subject that really impacts all of us, and all of us have a tendency to worry and to be anxious. But Lord, may tonight's message just be a reminder that you are in control and you are in the charge. And so, Lord, help us to steady our mind and our attention and our focus. Lord, are the evil ones always seeking to distract us? So, Lord, we pray that your word would not return back void, but would accomplish the purpose for which it was intended. So, Lord, again, open up our eyes so that we might see the glories of your kingdom. Give me utterance of speech and liberty and freedom to expound your word to your people. Bless us during these next few minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. We have your Bibles turned to Matthew 6. Verses 19 through uh, 34. I'll be focusing on verses 25 through 34, but 19 will give us the context, and I will be reading from, I guess, the Pew Bible, the ESV. Um, I do have the New King James, but I think pretty much everyone probably uses the ESV. So we'll, for conformity purposes, we will look at uh, the ESV. Matthew 6, begin at verse 19. Do not lay up. For yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness! No one can serve two masters, for he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to a span of life and why are you anxious about clothing consider the lilies of the field how they grow they neither toil nor spin yet i tell you even solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these but if god so clothes the grass of the field which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven will he not much more clothe you O you little faith Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. May the Lord add blessing to his holy word. Amen. In our day of 24-hour media and in our day of uh, podcast, social media, and 24-hour TV, cable TV, radio, and you hear comments like this, there's going to be economic collapse within the next two or three years, or there's going to be a financial crisis, or you better stock up on water or food, or you better go out and, and get a farm and buy some chicken and cattle and so on because there won't be any food left. Um, it's going to be a one world order or uh, the government is seeking to um, take all of our property and all of our possessions so that we won't have 
anything left. Well, these and many other things you often hear. And whether these things are true or not, I cannot say, but they often make you worry and they make you concerned. Uh, sometimes I find myself having to turn it off because it's so negative. And I realize that a lot of it is for ratings and for to make a name for themselves. But sometimes it can be disconcerting as Christians. God does not want us to be worried about those things. Instead, uh, verses 19 through 24, he tells us uh, the backdrop. Don't lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven. Love not the world. No man can serve two masters. He will love the one and hate the others. He says for Christians is different for us. We're a different breed. We're a different people. We are bought by the king and God expects us to be different, to behave different, to act differently. Uh, obviously, money is important. Our homes and possessions are important. That's why we worry about it, because it's one of the most important things that we have. I know I talked to him this morning about um, Lot having to leave his possessions and his home and his family and, I mean, his home and his possessions and his clothing and his flocks and his herds and those things. Those things are disconcerting. And so the fact of the matter is that we need these things. We need to eat. We need a place to live. We need a place to stay. These things are very important to us. And so we worry about them. But God, uh, but Jesus tells us in these verses here that, there, that we have to keep everything in perspective, that we have to keep everything in line, that this is not the most important thing, whether we eat or drink or whatever the case may be. Uh, this, these verses are found right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is introducing his kingdom or what the kingdom is like. And so this he tells us for believers to encourage us, to help us, because he knows that we worry about these things. He knows that we are concerned about these things. And so uh, in verse uh, 25, he says, Therefore I said you do not worry about your life. In other words, he says don't be anxious. The old King James says take no thought what you will eat or what you will drink. But here he tells us not to worry. Now, he's not telling us to just uh, be liberal with our money, not to worry. We can go spend, uh, do it. Don't worry about uh, what we spend because it says in Proverbs, we have to be diligent at the state of our flocks. But what he is telling us to not let this stuff dominate us, not let it lead to depression, not let it lead to anxiety and anger and fear. And, and those things that cause us to, uh, um, that cause medical and physical illness and cause mental illness as well. He tells us not to be worried about these things. But he, tell, he gives us several reasons why we ought not to worry. First of all, he tells us this in verse 25. The first thing is this, is that um, it's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Now, Food and drink and clothing are obviously important. Housing is important. But God is saying that there's a lot more to life than what we eat, drink, and what we put on. There's, not, there's a lot more to life than, than these things. You know, that, that we're made for something more than just eating and drinking. We're made for something more than how much money we make or, or what type of car we drive or, or what type of house we have or do we have the, the latest clothes or the latest fashion, the, those things. Those things do not satisfy. Those things make us empty and hungry for something else. The gifts that God has given us never satisfy us, never bring us 
satisfaction, full satisfaction, complete satisfaction. We see it with the rich and the famous. When they get all these things, you still see that they're miserable and often bored because they pursue these things. They make these things a God. And that's why Jesus says, don't lay up for yourself treasures in this world. Why? Because these things do not satisfy. God made us for something more than our bellies or our clothes or our housing. He made us to worship him. The chief and the man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Yes, we're happy to that he gives us these things. It says in Ecclesiastes, we should enjoy our food. We should enjoy our drink. We should enjoy these things. This is our portion in life. But however, we must keep them in perspective. They're not to be our God and they're not to be the thing that we live for. We live to eat and drink and, and to be merry and so on. And so that's the first thing he says is this is that this is not the most important thing. You were made for something more than your clothes. You were made for something more than the house that you live in and the food that you live in. The world, that's what they focus on. That's what they think about. You know, they they show off their stuff there. They show off how the nice car they have and they show off the clothes they have and they feel great about themselves because they have these things. They look down on people because they're rich and they got nice houses and nice cars and nice clothing and all these things. But he says for us, that's not the most important thing is, is because first of all, we can't take it with us and we have to leave these things behind us. But secondly, he tells us there is this is look at the birds of the air. That's the second thing is to look at the creatures in this world. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Providence of God says this, that God preserves his creation. He controls every aspect of his creation. You know, there's a, um, a philosophy called deism. Deism is, is basically this, that God created the laws of the universe, but those laws run by themselves, like an alarm clock. An old, remember those old wind-up alarm clocks? You would wind it up, and, and then you pull the thing out, and then you go to sleep, and, and the alarm clock does the thing, and then, and then it, uh, the alarm goes off. It's funny, in college I had one, and my roommate thought, he said, I, I thought a bomb was going off. I heard this, this thing ticking. It goes tick, 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 tick. Well, anyway, that, that, those things, that alarm runs on its own laws, and that's the way... People, that's what deism thinks is that God is not in control. God is not involved. He creates the laws and then he just lets the creation run on its own. That's what the Bible teaches. The Bible says that not a sparrow falls to the ground without our Heavenly Father's knowledge. Uh, and so God is intimately involved in every aspect of our lives. When you run into that, that person you haven't seen in 30 years in the store or or you uh, run into a traffic jam or or whatever, or you, you just missed that light and you're saying those words under your breath because you're frustrated. He says all of these things are done by the providence and the sovereignty of God. And so he tells us, so there's no such thing as luck. We say it all the time, I was lucky, well, I'm unlucky, you know, or, uh, you know, you know, and when I caught a playing out of Las Vegas once and and even in the, the terminal they got slot machines there so I guess if you you know I guess if you didn't didn't get a, you still got some money before you catch your plane you can run these slot machines but what do we say come on I gotta be lucky, lucky today because these numbers are going to fall right within my I'm a win today 
But even the Bible says God controls that as well. There's nothing left to chance. There's nothing that's lucky or unlucky. So I say all that to say that God feeds. He says, if you're worried and concerned, look at the birds of the air. You know, last year we were at the shipyard and um, we often had to eat outside because of, uh, you know, the ship was in repair and we had tons of contractors out there and, and obviously the sailors were out there. And you notice there are just a flock of birds out there. And they're waiting because we got all these food trucks out there and the birds obviously don't go to the food truck and, and, and buy food, but they, they wait. They wait until what? Because you know why? People drop food. Or most people will eat only half their food and they toss it. And the birds go to town. They're in there. It's like a feeding frenzy. You know, and this, and, and I looked at that and it reminds me of what this verse says, how God feeds the birds of the air, how he takes care of them, how um, they eat. They're not sitting around worried at night wondering if they're going to eat. And yet they're not lazy either because they go to the place where the food is. And so God is saying, look at the birds of the air. Jesus says, look at them. And he says, are we of much more value than they? Since that verse 26. If, you know, it's the lesser to the greater. If he takes care of them, surely he's going to take care of us as well. And then the next reason he gives us, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to your stature? You know, there's a... um. Sometimes we think when we worry that that's, that's a good thing, that it means we really care and we're really concerned. And, and, but Jesus says this, that worrying does no good. What can it do? Who can say, oh, I worried so much that I got what I needed. I was so concerned. I worried. I paced the floor. I, I walked the floor. I did all these things. And God answered my prayer. And now, because I worry. No, he says worrying does no good. It does no good to worry, except it gives you mental anguish and physical anguish. <clears throat> and he and worrying shows a lack of faith in God. Worrying shows that that we are saying that basically that God is not in control, that life is subject to chance, and God has forgotten about us, and God doesn't care about us, and so on. And back to you know, the podcast and so on. That's what they do. They want you to worry. They don't want you to be satisfied. What podcast, what show have you ever heard say, you know, things are going okay. You're going to be okay. No. Breaking news. This is taking place. Or that's taking place. Or you find that, um, uh, that, you know, the inflation is sky high and it's going to be worse. You won't be able to buy a house. You won't be able to do any of these things. It's always negativity because they want you to worry so you'll come back. Gee, I'm worried, so gee, I'll listen tomorrow so I can be worried some more. But Jesus tells us we can't add one cubit to his, our stature. And not only does he talk about the birds and the folly of worrying, but then he goes to the lilies of the field. Now he goes to the plant life. He went to the animal life. Now he's even going to go deeper to the plant life. And he was saying, Solomon, all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. I don't know if you've ever been to San Diego. has a beautiful botanical gardens uh, where you see all the different colors of plants and, and vegetation and stuff. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. And the Bible says God clothed them. He says, Solomon, all his glory was not like that. You take the greatest king or the most beautiful woman. Uh, they were not arrayed like these flowers which God 
created. And then your husband's, you know, maybe for your wife's birthday or Valentine's Day, you give her these beautiful flowers. She goes, oh, these are so gorgeous. You know, it's a shame. $100 for some flowers. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but what happens? They are so gorgeous. They look beautiful. They look pretty. What happens after uh, two or three days? They start to wilt. They start to turn colors. It doesn't look nearly as beautiful as it did just uh, a couple of days ago. And Jesus is saying that if, if uh, God clothed the lilies of the field, wouldn't he clothed you? If the lilies of the field look that good and then a couple of days or a couple of weeks or whatever it is, they are um, wilted and thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? And so he tells you to look at the clothes of the field, the grass of the field. And then the next thing he tells us is this, is that we shouldn't worry. Why? Because in verse 32, he says, for all these things, what the Gentiles seek or the nations seek after these things. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. So when we worry, we're acting just like the world. It's what the world thinks about. All they think about is clothing and food and houses and money and getting ahead and doing all of these things. Those who don't have it, worry about getting it. Those who do have it, worry about losing it or worry about getting some more money. That's all they think about. All they think about in this life is the things of this world, the possessions of this world. How can I get more? How can I get more of it? How can I hold on to what I have and so on? And so they worry. Is my 401k going to be there? Am I going to lose all my money? What's going to happen if I lose my money? And so on. And they get depressed about it. And when they do, if they do lose their money, they get depressed about it. Some of them get suicidal. Some of them are beside themselves. You can't comfort them. You can't bring peace to them because that's all they think about. On the History Channel, I was watching uh, last year. They had um, shows. It's called Food That Built America. It's pretty interesting. You know, stuff like Hershey candy and M&Ms and Clark bars and McDonald's and Subway and Ford, all the things that we buy today. These things were started 80, 90 years ago or whatever it is. And, and when you look at these people, you see that they spent all of their money, time and effort seven days a week just trying to uh, build up their company. Uh, there was fights and squabbles amongst the family. Uh, it was just total, 100% spending time with, with them, trying to figure out how to get rich, how to make money. And some of them, unfortunately, died before they could even see the riches of their, to, to see how their company was built up. And, it, and Jesus says, what good is it if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? That to spend every single minute, every single time trying to build up the program, trying to build up your company, forgetting about God, forgetting about Jesus, just thinking about these things, laying up for yourself treasures in heaven, treasures in earth, which you can't take with you, which will one day be gone. He said, these are the things that nations worry about and are concerned about. He said, but for us, it's different. God made us to be different. He says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And so what does he say the remedy to all this is? In verse 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. What is the kingdom of God? 
Well, Jesus is introducing the kingdom. He says, repent for the kingdom of, 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 of uh, God has come. Uh, Jesus says, you cannot see the kingdom of God per se. The kingdom of God lives within you. It's not like the United States or China or Russia. It's not a political kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom that Christ is the uh, king of this creation. We come here as a church. We call it Mount Zion. We call it the church of God. You know, the king of kings that we come. And, but the kingdom of God, the Bible says, is planted within you. Jesus establishes kingdom in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And so the kingdom is, is not here. Jesus, uh, the, Abraham says that he was looking for a kingdom whose builder and maker is God. It's that the things that we cannot see rather than the things that we can see. So to seek ye first the kingdom of God is first of all to seek the king, to seek Jesus, the king, to seek to honor him to love him, to read his word. This is constitution, the Bible, to get to know him, to pray to him, to live for him daily, to serve him, to honor him, to walk with him, to know everything we can about this king. What a blessing to know about this king. How many other kings can we get to know? How many presidents and politicians can we get to know? We might know about them, but we don't know them. Jesus invites us to know him through his Holy Spirit. But also in this kingdom, as well as we're not by ourselves. There's many other people in the kingdom. That's why it's, it's um, Sovereign Grace OPC. We come here, we call it the visible church. And inside the invisible church. And Christ has planned us here in this church so what? We can help each other. So we can serve each other. So that we can love each other. And as we serve each other, we serve God. That's what it means to seek first the kingdom of God and also to seek to think about our brothers and sisters who <clears throat> who are being persecuted. Uh, the OPC sends out the, the uh, New Horizons and 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 other are, you know, interesting things. They have a prayer uh, calendar in there. You got prayer requests in here that's seeking the kingdom of God, thinking about our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted for their faith, uh, who are being uh, put in jail or put in prison or are in danger of dying for the faith, praying for them, uh, sending our money, using our time and resources for the kingdom of God, presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, denying ourselves, serving each other in this body for the kingdom of God. That's what it means to seek ye first the kingdom of God, is to think about God's things, to use our money, our time, our resources. But then he promises this, if we do that, all these other things will be added unto you. What are all these other things? Your house, your clothes, your car, uh, the things that you need. Why? Because God is a generous God. He knows that you need these things. Uh, someone says that if you take care of God's business, he'll take care of your business. He'll see to it that you get everything that you need. And we live in a country where it's, which is very affluent. We live in a country where I'm sure many of us don't have to worry about what we're going to eat this week. Now, we got food in the refrigerator, if you're like me. You got food in there that sometimes it gets old and you have to toss it, throw it away. You know, we, we are so picky with our food. You know, we go to, uh, to eat some food, we won't eat it. Why? Because well, someone used their hands, someone tested with their hands, or someone breathed on it, or the meat is too cold, or the meat is overcooked, or the meat is undercooked, or, or you know, I, I like condiments on my hamburgers. I don't like condiments on my hamburgers. And on and on it goes. We have all of these things and because God is fulfilling his promise that he is taking care of us and he's 
and that uh, he is providing all these things for us. And so that is the remedy, really, is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. And then finally he tells us, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow we'll worry about the own things. Should we be worried about tomorrow? Christ says, we should not be. Because first of all, we have no idea what tomorrow holds. He calls us to walk by faith today. Could things get really bad? Could uh, a lot of these things happen that happen? It could possibly be. You know, God might judge us for our sins. He might judge this country. Maybe our way of living will not be as it once was. But the fact still remains that this promises still apply to us, that God will take care of us, that he will make sure that we have all that we need, no matter what situation that we have. And even if we lost everything, we still got Christ. And that's the most important because he is the treasure. And he is, if we lose everything, he can give us more than abundantly, more than what we need or ever ask or we ever think. And so should we worry? Should we worry about tomorrow? Should we worry about these things? The scripture says sufficient for the day is its own trouble. In other words, Jesus says, don't we have enough to deal with today? How can we add tomorrow's problems onto the day? It makes no sense. We are just heaping our problems on ourselves. We're not being effective for the kingdom if we are worried like that. Instead, we ought to focus on God's kingdom and on the advancement of his kingdom and on the advancement of his gospel, praying that that kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what he tells us to do. Keep things in priority. Is food important? Is housing important? Absolutely. But keep it in priority. It's not more important than the kingdom of God. That's the most important thing. And to hold the things of this world loosely, to hold it with um, realizing that we can't take it with us, that it can be taken away, that the treasures that we have can be taken away. Thieves can steal our, our possessions. Uh, things rust. Robbers can come in and take it. The government can come in and take it and so on. But yet they cannot take away that eternal treasure, that heavenly treasure, that Christ is, is our treasure. That can never be taken away from us. And that is the greatest treasure that we have. And if we realize that we have Christ, Christ is greater than all our possessions, all our goods, everything that we own. To have Christ and him alone is the most important thing. So Sovereign Grace continue to seek first the kingdom of God. And all these other things will be added unto us. And if we are wary, let us remember these verses. Look at the birds of the air. Look at the lilies of the field. What good does it do to worry? Put our trust in God. Maybe turn off a podcast and open up the word or listen to a good message. And feed your soul with those things that remind you that the kingdom of God is why we're here. We are here on the king's mission. I've had opportunity to go many different places in the world to see many great things, but I'm always a property of the United States government. I'm, they always tell us, remember who you represent. And we are here in this world. We're on the king's mission. This is not our home. This is not our home. We are here only for a moment to fulfill his purposes and to do his will and to live 
for him, and then he will call us home. So let us remember that. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we, we, we do thank you for just a reminder. I know we've heard this plenty of times, but it's always good to be reminded, especially in our day with so many voices talking to us and trying to discourage us and trying to, to get us away from our hope. Our hope is in you. And so, Lord, help us to uh, take these things to heart. Help us to remember these things as we walk daily in this life. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen.